Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things SR Podcast. Morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam, and hi, everybody. So happy to see you this beautiful Saturday morning here in the eastern U.S. Um, Really, really glad we have a great amount of people already on the chat room. Um, Ashley, Black Lab Lady from Maine, Lori, Brenda, Betty, and Ellie and the SR Fox, uh, early morning for Ellie on the west coast of the U.S. Um, so glad you guys could join us today for Chapter 31. Um, Thanksgiving good... in Sullins Grove. <laughs> yes, I uh, hope you're hungry. We have a Thanksgiving dinner ahead of us. And um, uh-huh. I see good afternoon, Franca. Franca's joining us um, from... South Africa today. Glad you could stop by, Franca. On the SR Foxes uh, coming in from Europe. Yes, yes, yes. So we're all good. Yes, yes. We're here to talk and enjoy a special Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. in Sealands Grove. And (laughs) Betty said, I hope you are preparing for the unexpected guest, Henri. (laughs) Uh, Fortunately, Henri is... uh, bypassing mm-hmm. us here thank god yes but I, I do feel sorry for the long island new york massachusetts i'm on up the through new england i feel bad that's not going to be fun i know these storms have been horrific and i just i continue to send prayers to the folks in haiti um and those trying to help uh the recovery there because it's the devastation is is hard and yeah, also and i everywhere. personally want to I personally want to thank everybody who commented on my uh, friend, said prayers for my friend, Jenny. Jenny went down to Haiti because her father had passed away and they were having the funeral. And then, of course, the earthquake happened and uh, she did get home. She's fine. Her house, their house in Haiti, though, completely collapsed. Mm. So, um, you know, her family, everybody in her family is good, but uh, it just... Scary devastating. times. Devastating. Mm-hmm. And Jenny, Jenny has a lot of issues anyway. She's, she had a very severe stroke. She's young, too. She's in her mm. like early 50s, and she had a very severe stroke about three or four years ago. So oh, wow. she does have some, um, you know, problems, yeah. disabilities with that, too. So anyway, I want wow. to thank everybody because she, she is fine. She is home. 
that's, oh, that's that, and that's wonderful news. And also a special little early birthday wish, uh, good wishes for Ashley. Her birthday is tomorrow. Yes. Um, and hope and you have book. a wonderful, wonderful time. And her book is on Kindle Bella, so that'll be interesting. Yes, 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 yes. It's a it's a definite read, definite read. So, so also just so anybody knows, I am having an, a fight with Twitter. They permanently suspended my account yesterday, last night. I don't know why. It's an appeal. Yes, it's an appeal, and that's so surprising. Um, I've, I've noted, though, um, I had a colleague from work who had that happen, um, and it was a very innocuous, very innocent um, post. But I think sometimes they have uh, they have uh, automated search engines looking for different content, and I think if you hit different keywords or have different images. Um, sometimes it tags you. Uh, yeah. So hopefully all goes well with that. I see Sandra's joined us. Hello, mm -hmm. Sandra. Good to see you this fine day. Um, Franca's loving the song that's playing by Neil, Neil Young, Harvest Moon, well, I, which is so appropriate for Thanksgiving. It for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Miss Kenzie, uh, it is a Harvest song, so it's a great song. It's I, I know. Forty. How many more forty days is it? Full. And uh, Kenzie has the countdown to autumn. Yes, she does. And and I don't blame her. I can't wait. And I know you don't like that, but <laughs> I don't. Well, here's the thing. I love summer, but that doesn't mean I don't love fall. I do love autumn. I love everything about it. It's a beautiful time of year. It is one of my favorite times of year. But I do not want to rush my beloved summer away, even though it's hot and steamy and mm -hmm. it is like you're in a sauna here in uh, Pennsylvania with very high humidity and high heat. Um, it's, it feels more like the Southern uh, tropics um, yes, it than does. it should the state of Pennsylvania. So like, like yesterday when I walked out of my house to go uh, visit my neighbor, Phil, who's in the hospital right now, it's all good, but he's, Mm. And um, I, but I walked outside and I felt like I was swimming. Wow! Is, yeah, you know, the other day it was ninety three percent humidity, so right. it is it is like you're in a pool. I actually like that feeling. I feel it's very comforting and I feel warm because I'm always cold, and I think that's why I like um, I like summer so much. Frankly, mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> Betty said she has a feeling the manager at her location and Marshall's is reading promise with us because this week they have Thanksgiving decorations up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have been making notes about the, uh, the advance uh, decorations. The, uh, the marketing that are coming. advance. Uh, yes. Uh, I see Halloween trick or treat um, Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, no, I, and MC I'm, Black Lab Lady feels feels me. Thank you, Black Lab right. Lady. She loves the heat and she loves her summer months. But Betty's no, saying too much humidity. And Lori's saying, I think the pumpkin spice latte has been released at Dunkin'. Yes, um, I believe sorry. that happened this week. And um, poor SR. He's going to start getting the deluge oh, of uh, pumpkin spice. Uh, Tweets, yes. <laughs> if you don't know... SR is not a fan of the pumpkin spice. 
I he's actually not a fan of pumpkins, period. He's not a fan of pumpkins, period. Which was why I was very curious that he had little Claire in the pumpkin suit. Awesome. But as he said, it wasn't his choice, it was Julius. So, um, and Franca, who is in a completely different part of the globe, says mm -hmm. she's happy to say the spring buds are starting to show. She's had enough of winter for this year. Northern Hemisphere has had a lot of unusual weather, very hot in Europe, too. You are right. I mean, it's it's the severe fires that have wildfires that have been sparked. Unbelievable. Um, well, the other in thing the that Northern I heard... Hemisphere, not just in the U.S., but I mean, it's been horrific in yeah. um, in Europe as well. Um, one it's, of the it's very scary. That, one of the things I saw this week that really was telling. It's the first time in recorded history that Greenland had rain. Wow. Yeah, it's it's definitely there's some things going on. And Kenzie, thank you. Kenzie, 30, our official uh, 32 countdown, more days. Thank the you. countdown queen to autumn. Uh, 32 <laughs> more days until autumn. So it is quickly well, approaching. Welcome, Cheryl. Glad you could join us this morning. Yes, Lori's laughing about the, the pumpkin spice controversy. Brenda does not like pumpkin spice either, apparently. Um, and Kenzie says, it also doesn't make any sense because there is no pumpkin in pumpkin spice coffee. <laughs> Very uh, Betty, true. Betty it's just the saying, spices they use in the pumpkin pie, uh, I, I believe, is why they call it pumpkin spice. But. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's gross. <laughs> and yes, it's Ellie. Gross, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> the virus can fuck off, yes. Yeah, there, and Ellie, Ellie definitely, Ellie being in California, um, one of the states really severely hit by the fires. Um, just con hoping you can continue to stay safe. Our friends in the Pacific Northwest have really been battling things as well. I have a dear friend who's traveling in Oregon and Washington State, and they've been just having to kind of work around uh, some of the severe mm -hmm. weather. Betty says, I have a feeling the boss lost a bet, hence baby Claire in the pumpkin costume. <laughs> well, when we, when we asked him, he said, I didn't choose it. His, her mother chose it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Kenzie said, I asked SR about the pumpkin costume too, and Gabriel took him over. <laughs> yeah, the parents, it was not SR, the parents, it was the parents' choice entirely. That's right. And um, we are really hopeful and when that the, things, when you stay the, safe, Ellie. I know she's yeah. saying the smoke is really affecting them. Um, smoke's actually affecting everyone globally um, because the air particulates have increased because of the amount of fires. So um, even in the eastern part of the U.S., I mean, the smoke does carry, obviously, it's not as intense as it is where at the source, but um, it has been a very tough uh, time for people with breathing issues. So we so just hope happens. everyone stays safe and we're so happy we can talk and uh, enjoy this time together talking about mm -hmm. chapter 31. Um, SR did have some news and I thought he Pam did want to share. Um, he said he, he mentioned that all books Editoria of Brazil has been inviting Brazilian readers to pre-order The Man in the Black Suit, and apparently they have a, uh, a promotion going on. That's great. Um, yep. Gabriel's Promise is being released in Russian this November. And I love that. Yeah. 
And he says, I'm continuing to write my new book, but it isn't finished yet. The man in the uh, black suit will have an expanded distribution in English in paperback. That's, That's exciting. Yes. Yeah. And the ebook of The Man in the Black Suit will have expanded distribution on a number of new reader apps, including iReader and Hoopla. Um, Passionflix is continuing to work on the editing of part one for Gabriel's Rapture, and he has been in touch with them. Um, exciting. He, mm -hmm. he says he doesn't have anything else to report, but please say hello to everyone from me. So SR says hello. And I'm very happy that he's continuing to write his new book. Super excited. And the, the expansion of The Man in the Black Suit, um, not just through Brazilian readers, but um, kind of an expanded pickup on the, for the English reading version. Mm -hmm. um, super exciting. That's very exciting. Because I feel like That's if right. he has more uptake on that, that might make it to the screen. And I would love to see Nicholas and Acacia and <coughs> let's be honest, Santorini and uh -huh. Dubai. Come on, Tosca would love. Can you imagine having to yeah. location scout in Dubai and Santorini? Ah, oh, not to mention. I, I, I would love to, uh, to, uh, scout and Paris. In, let's in not forget Paris. Santorini, oh my gosh. Period. But, um, we, we shall see what happens. You know, we don't know. No, we don't know. We can only be hopeful. That's and I'm true. super excited. Um, I know Tosca posted yesterday that she's, uh, she did a throwback picture. It was earlier, sometime this week. It may have been yesterday. It's all been a blur. And um, saying that she's starting to edit. So I'm really, really excited. Um, and yes, Kenzie, that means more yeah, copies are being printed. I'm curious. I'm not sure if it means that there's been um, another publisher that has picked it up or not. I might want to ask him that or Nina. That's, that's possible because I know it was, it was published under Argyle Press, which is, I think, a self-published label that they have, he has. Yeah. So I, I think it just means greater distribution as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if they are getting on the other uh, um e-reader platforms i just think it's great it's more opportunity for people to discover his work mm -hmm. um so i'm really happy um and i'm thrilled for him and all the success that he has had um it's just it's just so well deserved and mm -hmm. really really exciting now frank is noting when i was getting excited about all these different locations she said dubai is not very pretty Lots of hotels, shopping centers, fancy hotels, but Santorini looks fantastic. Definitely on my bucket list. Would be amazing to film there. Franca, I've been to Santorini, and I can assure you, you must get up there. It is just beautiful, and it really would be a, a stunning location um, for a shoot. And... <clears throat> I, you know, think I was just thinking of uh, Paris, and I, I was re recalling a conversation I had yesterday with someone about um, there. Uh, there was a street off the Champs Elysees, I think, uh, that I was on, and it was near the Arc de Triomphe, and they had these cars that you could, for like ninety euros, drive around for, like around the block a couple times, type of thing, test drive. Mm -hmm. 
and you know, Lamborghinis and uh, you know the, the the sports cars, Ferrari, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I um, said we were discussing this, and this person had just bought a 2021 Tesla, and he told his mother that. She was not allowed to drive it, but if I wanted to test drive it, I could. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes! it. Yes! I love it. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, as Bet- Betty notes, the boss deserves all the success, and she would love to see Acacia kick ass. Mm-hmm. And she wonders if they made the film. Would they edit the spoon scene? <laughs> I don't know. I don't we'll have know. to see. And uh, Kenzie also said it was self-published to us by SR, so maybe he just had more copies created. We're not sure. I, 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 know, I don't know. The, his, I don't his, know. his wording is specifically we'll have expanded distribution in English and paperback. Yeah. So either they're printing more and they found more distribution channels or another publisher has picked it up. So either way, expanded distribution, I think, is a really, really good thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, that throwback photo I did see. Um, I actually commented on it. Uh, the throwback photo that Tosca Musk um, put out yesterday, and Passion Flicks put out. And she's assuming that's Melanie's natural hair color before she dyed it darker for the role of Julia. I thought so too. <clears throat> so, um, and it's, Franca it's doesn't a really great the, shot. Franca doesn't remember the spoon scene. Refresh my memory. <laughs> and I was trying to remember specifically as well. I mean, it's been a while since I've I've read that, but I, I I'm trying to remember if it was was where it was. Was it Santorini, or was that in Dubai? I'm not sure. Oh, the spoon scene. Oh, other spoon. I'm thinking different spoons. Oh, oh, no, I know. Spoon. I when know when she attacked, attacked the attacking. Yeah, when she attacked, yeah. Yes, when she mm-hmm. she had she hid the spoon. Um, I, I won't give everything away, but she used the spoon as a weapon. Right. So, yes, Acacia cool. used the spoon to attack one of the men who kidnapped her. So, and of course, um, my mind my mind is Kenzie will probably know. Goes right to the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah yeah. Well, anyway. And Shall we begin the chapter? We should. We should. Because it's, it's a there's big a lot. chapter. We have a lot to cover. Happy Thanksgiving again, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for joining. Um, we're in Sealand's Grove at the beginning of the chapter. So uh, feel right at home. It's not too far from my house, uh, Sealand's Grove, Pennsylvania. And Scott says, that's a good looking turkey. And he gazes across the living room at the little turkey lying in the blanket by the name of Claire. Mm -hmm. Um, Aunt Rachel had dressed her in the turkey costume, which you can imagine how cute would that be, right? (laughs) Scott was looking at his three-year-old son, Quinn, who was playing with her and just really taking in the scene. Um, As you remember, Scott married Tammy and adopted her son, Quinn. um, And they have their own little family now um and it's so sweet that claire has you know has a cousin has cousins to play with Mm -hmm. um so he's sitting next to claire 
and he's handing her toys. And to her delight, she was just squealing and just giggling at little Quinn playing with her. And he was touching her hair and just um, having a really good interaction with little turkey costumed Claire. Mm -hmm. um, Betty says, my sister dressed blessedness number two as a turkey too. I just think that's so sweet. Um, Rachel had thanked him for noticing her costume. She was happy to be home in Sealands Grove, sitting on the floor with the children, and she was feeling a bit nostalgic. She also was quietly relieved that Rebecca was in Colorado. <laughs> she <laughs> was thinking that Richard had not seen her since his last visit to Cambridge, um, according to what Julia told her. And she did feel a bit guilty for feeling jealous of her father's friendship for a woman of his own age. Um, she realized at that point her grief was much deeper than she realized. And we asked SR, why was Rachel relieved that Rebecca was in Colorado? Is she truly worried that Richard will replace her mother? And we also asked him if Scott had any idea of Rachel's feelings about Rebecca and why would Rachel feel so vulnerable at dinner? And SR said, I think that Rachel's concerned her mother will be replaced. And clearly, she isn't ready for her father to move on. I think both Scott and Gabriel are oblivious. So that kind of sets the scene as, as we begin the chapter. I mean, she's really thrilled to be home. Of course, being home brings back so many memories. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they are indeed really um, still going through this, this process of grief. Yeah. Um, so Rachel looked over at the windows and she noticed that Julia had put battery operated candles in the windows. Um, and yes, Betty, I agree. Poor Rachel. She's really going through it. You know, yeah, it's is. really, it's tough. And she's noticing, uh, you know, the Sealands Grove house, which is where Rachel grew up. Julia had all these beautiful candles in the windows, which is a Massachusetts custom. And she remembered her mother had put a candle in the window, one candle she remembered during her childhood. Um, that candle was placed in the window, hoping for Gabriel to return. So a lot of memories going on there. Oh, yeah. And um, we did some researching on the candle Maybe. tradition. So, um, Pam, do you want to yeah, share sure. a little bit I, about what you dug you up? Know, I can talk, you know, my family, um, I know that we, we not just put candles in the windows, but we also sometimes use luminaries going up the wall. We've done that a few times at Christmas mm -hmm. time, and which is always fun. Uh, but what I found out is that it would, you know, putting a candle in, in a window is common at Christmas, and it, it, it dates back in the U.S. to colonial times. Um, you know, just to wel have a welcoming sight, because a lot of times when it's dark and in colonial times when houses were much farther apart, it would you could see that someone was you know home and possibly going on to uh, coming in for a visit. Uh, yes, the tradition grew from an Irish thing uh, where the during if you get back go back into Irish history. Catholicism was totally banned for many, many years, hundreds of years in Ireland. And so the Catholics uh, would put a candle in the window at Christmas time 
so that if a priest was coming by, they knew that they could come in and uh, visit under the cover of darkness for those holidays. Yeah, I did not realize that. I I knew yeah. it. I I knew the tradition was more from um, the English UK part of the world um, in the U.S. anyway, um, because I noticed. Um, especially towns that have more of a colonial history here in the U.S. Um, I lived in York, Pennsylvania for many years, and it was an early, it, it bills itself as the first capital of the United States because they had the Continental Convention there. Um, so there's a lot of colonial and there's a lot of period houses from that time. Um, and they always have the candles in the windows um, as part of the, uh, kind of as part of the decor so I, I always was kind of fascinated by that. I didn't realize that um, that Irish uh, tradition yeah. was kind of where and that came from. Kind of. and But, you know, it is a global thing. Um, it could mean that there was, you light a candle and put it in the window if you've lost someone mm -hmm. um, over the years. And, it, you know, the significance for uh, the winded candle differs for people, but uh, people lighting candles for religious reasons, remembrance, family mm -hmm. tradition, and simply as a festive decoration. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and, you know, the, uh, a lot of times if there was a family member away, they would put a candle in the window. Uh, well, and, and that's what Grace did, yeah. you know, in so, hopes, almost like a vigil. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like so that they they can, if you're traveling, you see the light, you can come to it. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a uh, extended version of what that means. So, yeah, yeah it was, um, it, it's, it, it's great. It, it's, I, I always liked it, you know, and I, and when I lived in Boston, I didn't realize all that stuff, but there were candles and windows everywhere, especially the older houses. They called mm -hmm. them salt box houses where the one side of the roof went really low. And they, yes. they did. They built them because of the way the snow falls, and this way, when the sun hits it, the snow would come off quicker or whatever, so it wouldn't collapse right. the houses. So, yeah, but that's basically the, the, the yeah, and, and tradition. also that the candle, you know, um, it's, it's it's a sign of hospitality as well, a welcome and yes. welcome and, light in the darkness. And also, Julia's uh, safety cautious uh, since her father does work for the Salem's Grove Fire Department. Using the battery operated candles as opposed to a lit candle. Yes, 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 yes. And I have, uh, my mom had a fireman friend uh, for years and who was really good to her. Uh, he gave her a fire radio so she could watch, she could follow where the fires were. As opposed to when we mm -hmm. were little kids, we would be driven to the firehouse, have to run and look at the blackboard to see what the address was and go to the fire. My mom was weird. <laughs> <laughs> she was interested in keeping keeping tabs. And Betty notes that the candles look beautiful and add a sense of warmth. Mm -hmm. And yes, Julia is smart. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, uh, when we were talking about the questions that SR asked, um, Ellie made a comment that boys usually are oblivious. Yes, they are. I can attest <laughs> And Betty to that. noted the holidays can be really tough on people who have lost loved ones. Um, and... Ellie said, I can feel for Rachel here. You want happiness for your parents, but it's a whole awkward sort of thing when you are grieving for the death of your mother 
and holding on to all of your memories. I experienced those feelings with my mom when she abruptly married. I had lunch with her where she revealed she met a guy they were dating. She pulled out a five-inch frame picture of him and said they were engaged, which that's a big shocker. I, I, Ellie, I had a similar mm -hmm. experience. Um, and it is, it is shocking when you are just learning of this and, oh, by the way, we're engaged, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that was uh, May about seven years ago. And they were married by November. They're 80 and 85 now, and he's in a home for Alzheimer's. They only really had 18 months together before he started losing his uh, facilities. Um, and her mom's name is Rebecca. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's an irony, isn't it? He is also an R, Roland, but not a Richard. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of emotion here. Um, and uh, Betty said, I would be shocked too, Ellie. Yeah, that is, that is shocking, but hopefully it was, you know, hopefully it was the right thing for everyone involved. Um, and Betty my, said, there are babies in the house. We don't want them to burn themselves, to burn so no, no open flames. And Ellie, I can understand too. My parents separated. Uh, they never officially got divorced, but they did separate. My my father moved in with a woman, and they were together for about twenty years before he passed away. So. Yeah, so it's a shocker. Yeah, it is, especially when when you're called at work saying, "I need to meet you after lunch." <laughs> I wanted to let you know. So, but as an adult, you handle it a little differently than when you're a child, I'm sure. So anyway, yeah. so Gabriel's now entering the dining room and he's carrying this large turkey over to the table and saying, dinner's served. And uh, so they, they all found their ways to the, their places. And I, it made me wonder a little bit if something that I do or have done and my mom always did, my mom would always have oranges take the insides out mm -hmm. and then she would put tinfoil in the orange. I don't know why. And then put the cranberry jelly there. So you had your own little cranberry jelly container. Oh, and that's that kind of cool. I've and never there seen was a, that. Yeah. And there was a little flag on it that gave the name of the person, whatever. My mom did that. My She, she would find these quirky things. So it was fun. Anyhow. I love it. Um, so, so they put Quinn in a high chair between Tammy and Scott, and I hope they put the plastic mat down on the floor. Um, and uh, Rachel insists upon holding little Claire. She's she has such baby fever, so I feel so bad for her. Mm. And uh, but she's holding Claire on her lap, and so she's Richard's having everybody uh, hold hands so he can say the uh, the grace for Thanksgiving, and. He was very thankful for Grace and their children and their spouses and their children. And he blessed the food and the hands that created the meal. And Rachel repeated the word amen slowly and closed her eyes. And she kind of felt a comforting presence at that point. And she had wished that the presence was her mother. And maybe it was. I think it probably was and she's just oblivious to it. I think it was, too, because I think your loved ones are with you always. Always, yeah. So Richard's carving, has carved the turkey, and he's, their conversation's going on, and he has Julie of Tom, and, and his wife and, and little Tommy were coming. And uh, 
she had said that you know Tommy had been running a fever and they were he was he was feel, feeling bad so they put it they took him to Children's Hospital in Philadelphia or as it's known here as CHOP mm -hmm. um, and uh, Diane said that Tommy was fine but they wanted to admit him for observation I had had already had two uh, major heart operations and would be having another soon so uh, Tammy's not always uh, sure it wasn't sure what was going on so she asked what it was and, and she said, Julia told her that Tommy was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome but at, at Children's Hospital they've treated a number of babies with that condition so he was in good hands and he really really was I mean the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia is really a leader in the surgery. And mm -hmm. Franca, I just always reach out and think of you when I read the read about this because, as you can see in the chat box, Franca notes this always makes me sad when I read about Tommy. As I've mentioned before, my first baby, a boy, was born with this birth defect 42 years ago and died two days later. I believe a lot of research has gone into this defect over the years, and babies born with it are surviving longer. And they are. I mean, it is yeah. it is miraculous, the technology advancements that have really helped um, to improve um, and help us mm -hmm. have uh, better outcomes mm -hmm. and help sustain life. But it's just, it just, it hurts my heart for you, Franca. So yeah. sending you hugs across the airwaves, um, but also know and take comfort in knowing that other families now have a little more hope with uh, the advances in um, in healthcare. Um, and Ellie's noting that Thanksgiving was very much for Dad's holiday. We cooked together, and he always wanted to share what he is thankful for with family. She still cries, smiles, laughs, and remembers with every turkey she cooks. Um, and yeah, it is. It's a very uh, obviously, it's American holiday, so it's a little different. Mm -hmm. um, maybe for those overseas, it's just it's one of like any holiday or any gathering. It brings family together. This is a traditional time where people in the U.S. come together, and and Canada, um, and Canada, and can yeah, and can it's Canadian. Yeah, Canada has a Thanksgiving as well, and I'm sure there are other countries that do, but it's it's it does bring back the memories. Mm -hmm. um it's a very special time so and you know uh i know for myself our family tradition my father always made the, the stuffing for thanksgiving the thanksgiving turkey and my mom did the cook best of the cooking and uh i've carried on the tradition of the of the stuffing but i also do the other cooking um you know each each family member has added their little touch to the stuffing that was originally my, my grandfather's or my great-grandfather's. So it's fun to carry those traditions around. So then Scott asks the dubious question of, where's Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> Again, so, clueless, oblivious. Yeah, well, oblivious. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Gabriel said that she had made the rolls and the pies for the dinner and uh, sent them down with them, which was Great. The halftime show is back. The halftime show is on, <laughs> yes. And uh, so Scott's like stuffing the rolls into his mouth and he, he doesn't recognize the death ray glare that uh, <laughs> Rachel's getting. <laughs> Rachel's. 
And Gabriel basically said, well, you know, she's going to Colorado to see her son and spend the holidays with him and his family. And uh, Julia's sort of like, she's like side-eyeing um, Rachel to see how she's doing and, well, putting food on the plate. Uh, Scott then asked his father how he felt <laughs> about Rebecca. Yeah, he, he keeps <laughs> stepping in it. Scott just keeps, know. you know, yeah. not only did he ask about her, but then he asked Richard about her, which just, I think, made an awkward situation yeah, yeah, that, even that worse. Yeah. Yeah, as Betty says, Becky is out of town. Cough, cough. Didn't ask more questions, Scott. <laughs> well, this kind of stopped Richard, and then Rachel proceeded to ask Scott if there were any more landmines he wanted to step into. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, Rachel, uh, Gabriel kind of <laughs> coughed yeah. him out. And then, uh, so, it's like, so now Rachel's like, you know, she's now going on. She's like, Everyone has experienced a visitation from mom except me. And Scott questioned what the heck he was talking about. She was talking about. And then she's like, well, at least I'm not the only one. And this kind of confused Scott and uh, asking not the, the, the had only one. And uh, Richard gave her a pain look saying, Rachel, this, uh, this kind of made for an awkward silence. <laughs> you know, it's... In a way, Rachel's grief overtook her. Her she missing did. her mom overtook her. Her jealousy overtook her. But I also feel like this is a little selfish on Rachel's part because she's saying this and, you know, how is this making her dad feel? Mm -hmm. You know, but I think it's it's the pain outweighs your rationality at that point. Because mm -hmm. um, I've really felt badly for Richard in this whole thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just putting him in such a predicament. And, you know, not only his personal feelings about Grace, the loss of his love, um, the confusion maybe that he feels about Rebecca, or not confusion, but the fact that it's causing pain in his daughter, I think is mm -hmm. troubling him as much, if not more, than his own feelings. I mean, it's just a very awkward, very emotionally charged situation. And um, yeah, Black Lab Lady says, there's something about Scott's oblivion that you just have to love. I do agree with that. I mean, yes. he just kind of is in his own sphere. And he's in his own kind of happy, happy zone with his mm -hmm. wife and his three-year-old son. Um, and Betty says, I'm still wondering, how did Rachel know Gabriel had a dream with Grace? He never told anyone except Julia. Did Julia confide in Rachel? Um, That's a good I, question. I thought, I thought he told her, Kenzie, I'm, I'm looking at you. Uh, uh, is she still on? No, I think she stepped uh, off. She um, stepped I'm off. not, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I might have to ask SR that. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm copying that. I'm copying that question down. Okay. I, th I really thought he told her. So. We, we shall see, you know, and this awkward situation was hanging there, Richard having this pained look. And then and Annie I don't, spoke. I, 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 don't oh, think Richard's, I don't think Richard ever told anybody about seeing Grace either. I don't think Richard did. No, I don't um, think either one of them did. So. Yeah. Betty and, said, Gabriel never told Richard. And Ellie said, Rachel's depressed and inward. Um, and 
also feeling loss over not being able to get pregnant, which brings more mm-hmm. grief and more presence mm-hmm. of the loss of her mom even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brenda said he didn't tell anyone but Julia. I think you're right. Maybe it's yeah. just she's feeling that everybody had some yes, connection with possible. her. You Does know, Rachel have a sixth sense? It's possible. I'm not Anything sure. Possible. possible, but I think it's, uh, I thought it was, you know, interesting though that she felt a calming presence during the prayer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was her mom. Yeah, Franca Just says, I seem thing. to think Gabriel and Richard did discuss it. Now I'm going to have to do a reread. I, I know. <laughs> I'm feeling the same. Rachel, I can see you saw dead people. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Betty, yes, you are so well, yes. Betty, you are fabulous. Mm-hmm. Great, great reference. So to break up the awkwardness, um, Aaron, the ever present, ever calming presence of Aaron, um, wisely decided to share their news. He said, as he's changed the subject, I've been offered a job with Microsoft New England. And um, that he shared that he decided to take the job as he put his arm around Rachel's. So he's trying to comfort his wife as he's sharing the the big news. Um, And yeah, Ellie, good point. Ellie said Rachel is Alice, remember? Um, So in the fan fiction world, Rachel is the character equivalent to Alice in Twilight. And Alice had that gift. So... Yeah, good point there, Ellie. Really good point. Um, Richard told Gabriel at one point when they sat outside smoking cigars, but Gabriel never told Richard. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I thought Richard had confided in Gabriel about it. Um, yes, and it's, Ellie's it's, also pointing out that this is somewhat reflective of Alice not being able to read Bella. Yes, etc. Yes. So, so as Aaron's announcing this big news that he had this great job offer and he decided to take it, Scott said, didn't you already work for Microsoft? And he said, yes. Um, and everyone's congratulating them. Um, Aaron said he would be doing more research and working with programmers um, in his new role and that he would be starting in January. Smiling and carving the turkey, Richard said that they would be closer to Julia and Gabriel in that instance, which is great because they're going to be in New England. Scott Mm -hmm. then asked Rachel about her job in the Philadelphia mayor's office, what's going to happen there. And as she bounced Claire on her lap, she let everyone know she'd given her notice and that she got a job with Dunkin' Donuts in their corporate Mm -hmm. headquarters. What a gift, right? Oh, yeah. Um. I just thought that was fantastic. Um, Dunkies was also owned by Baskin Robbins, so that meant all the free coffee donuts and ice cream, and she blew a raspberry right onto Claire's neck, making her squeal. Uh, Tammy noted that would be her dream job, and she loved Dunkies, and Rachel said, exactly. They had great brand recognition. Everybody loved them. Mm-hmm. And Pam, actually, you had I, connection with Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah, I had them as a client. When I worked for Donley Marketing, I had them as a client for about five years. And they were awesome to work with. They were great people. And my, basically what I was doing was I was looking at locations for them that they could go and market to to start franchises. 
And, awesome. Uh, they, but they were so nice to work with. And every month I would get a packet of freebies for donuts <laughs> or coffee or whatever. And, and they, they were just a great group of people to work with. I miss them when, when I went into a different position. So I miss them when, I, when I, that was over. That's really, really cool. And <laughs> Betty asked, does, does this mean that Rachel's responsible for the pumpkin spice takeover? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we'll never know, but possibly. That's right. Um, and Black Lab Lady noted, I love Aaron. He's much wiser than his years and a very sensitive male. Glad SR wrote this character as he did. I mm -hmm. agree. I think Aaron is one of those beautiful supporting roles. Um, yeah. That shows really kind of highlights some of the best qualities in a person. And he's, al he's always been there no matter what for uh, Steadfast. He's Absolutely. steadfast. And Absolutely. he's also very calming. And I think it's a great yin and yang going on because Rachel mm -hmm. can be a bit of a firecracker. And Aaron has this calming. Yes, you think? Yeah. So, um, Rachel's super excited about these, um, this, her new job, and she's going to be working in the corporate offices. Uh, they have a very relaxed atmosphere there. She said she could wear jeans to work, and they had great incentives and perks. And so we asked SR about this choice in, in plot. Why did you decide to have Aaron and Rachel move to Boston? And SR said, as I was writing this, it made sense to me that Aaron and Rachel would want to be closer to Gabriel and Julianne. But I also think Aaron and Rachel were looking for a new start. And I thought that was very, very cool and made a lot of sense. And he also, and we also asked him, and did your love of donuts influence your choice in Rachel's new employer? Winky face. <laughs> and he said, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so and uh, Betty's wondering where Uncle Jack has his uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Um, at the he, diner, he probably right? has it at the Melrose Melrose Diner. Melrose diner. diner. Everybody in the know goes to the Melrose. That's, That's the right. Slogan That's right. Commercials for many many years. And uh, it's a, it's an institution in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes. That's for sure. Um, I'm laughing, uh, Betty. Or Ellie said, Paul is not calming to Gabriel. <laughs> no. Betty says, calming to me, not Gabriel. That's right. um, so, you know, as, as they heard the news and the family's absorbing all this great um, excitement, Julia was just so happy for her friend. And they would be closer to them. And Rachel would be able to see Claire often, which I think having family around when you have young children, I think uh, is very special. If, if mm -hmm. that's an opportunity, I think that made her very happy, um, especially considering Julia's childhood of not really having, having a lot of family around. Um, and Rachel said they put their condo for sale and hopefully they would be close soon and they'd find a place to live in the area. Gabriel looked at Julia and asking where they would want to live in Canton, the Bad Bay area. Aaron said they weren't sure. They needed to sell their place, and then they have to look at the commute for Rachel. Gabriel told them the commute to Canton would be tiresome. They may want to look at the South Shore and have Aaron commute to Cambridge instead. Um, but Rachel really wanted to be near Claire. 
Um, Julie was going to ask Rachel and Aaron to stay in Cambridge, but Gabriel grasped her hand under the table, just noting and whispering to her that they could talk about this later. Um, you can see that kind of going on, right? They're all yeah, kind of yeah, the saying, what about turning. this and what about that? And Julie's like, well, they can stay until they find a place. And I think Gabriel wanted to think about it, you know, and let mm. them think about it and really consider what, what options could be available for them before they did that. And um, as Rachel's bouncing Claire, she said that whatever they decide, she would be near to Julia and Claire while Gabriel was in Edinburgh. And um, I'm laughing at Betty's comment. She said, I'm shocked Godmother Picton is not invited to Thanksgiving dinner. Well, Godmother Picton, she's in Great Britain and Oxford and probably uh, teaching a class on that thing. Right, since it's um, since it's not a holiday in the UK. That's right. Um, I'm sure she would have been invited, though. She would. I think she's invited to all the family events. Whether she can make it or not, there's always an invite for her. Open invite. Exactly. So Gabriel just did with the comment that about Rachel being with Julia when they moved mm-hmm. to while well, he was he's away in Edinburgh. He, he's like glaring at Rachel, saying. I'm not going without her and mm-hmm. without Claire. And uh, this confused Rachel because she thought the director had said that uh, Julie would have to stay at Harvard, but, you know, she wasn't going to let her go overseas. And Gabriel came back. He's like, well, I, I don't take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> this we know. <laughs> yes. This we know about the professor, right? Oh, yes. And I don't think, I don't think Julie was too happy with that response, but, so, you know, he, he's like, he looked at Julie and they, they and, you know, then they quit, 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 I can't talk. What's in your coffee this morning, Pam? I just wish something was in my coffee this morning, but it's not. In fact, I just finished it. Um, so she, you know, she's like, you know, they, he stands up, Gabriel stands up and he says, I just want to offer congratulations to uh, both uh, Aaron and Rachel in their positions and coming, you know, their accomplishments and going, good luck with the next chapter of their lives. So as everybody's gone, Richard has finally finished carving and he sits down and, you know, Julia's starting to sample the food and Frank has got to leave us. So, uh, chicken curry. I love chicken curry. Oh, yum. Enjoy dinner. Enjoy. Have a great weekend. And, so glad, uh, so glad you could stop by, Franca. Please yeah. take care of yourself. So she's, you know, everything's going on, and uh, Claire starts to get a little fussy. So you know, Rachel's like, ah, I'll bounce around. She walks around with her and what have you, try to calm her down, but she wasn't calming. So uh, Julia said Claire was probably hungry, and she'd take her upstairs to feed her. And isn't that always the way? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. New mothers rarely ever get through dinner. It's uh, just true. the way it is. It's okay, though. It's yeah. worth it. And, and, and it doesn't last that long. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only like a handful of holidays that you miss because somebody's grind needs to be taken away from the table. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, or restaurant, in my case. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so 
you know, I, I can remember Patrick one time we were in this restaurant, my mom and my sister and brother-in-law come to visit. And we were having dinner in a restaurant before they went home. And uh, Patrick went on this god-awful temper tantrum. I think he was maybe three, two or three years mm -hmm. old. And, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, the, you know, where they start that cry and he, they just oh, yeah. stop. Yep. They just have no control over it. So mm -hmm. I, I had my dinner, I, I had my lack of dinner in the car with Patrick trying to calm him down mm -hmm. in the restaurant parking lot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing because uh, Betty said, let's be honest, Gabriel doesn't want Rachel so close because he doesn't want anyone, especially Rachel, to interrupt him and Julia when they are doing research <laughs> and as black lab lady notes and they research a lot a lot mm -hmm. and ashley says research exploration that is true <laughs> that's the best kind of research mm -hmm. so uh gabe did you know dinner's over or, or just about over and gable goes upstairs to check on julia and, and see how she's doing and uh, Julie had asked if dinner had been finished. Uh, Gabriel said that they were going to wait for dessert until for till Julia had her dinner, which is very nice. Mm -hmm. And asking if Claire had finished, so she's like, "Yeah." And she's she hands Claire to uh, Gabriel, who burps her and changes her. I still can't get over Gabriel changing diapers. <laughs> He's all in. He's all in is right, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so Gabe, you know, he, he sees this, he picks up a stuffed rabbit and he's holding it closer, you know, playing with her, pulling it back and forth to it. Claire's getting all kinds of, you know, giggly and arm reaching for it and what have you. And, uh, she asked, uh, Julie where the, where the bunny came from. And, uh, Julia said, well, it came from Paul and he had sent it along with the Velveteen Rabbit and a, and a very nice card. And all of a sudden, you're an angel fucker. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read that mm -hmm. part. I was like, I can't even believe that that elicited his reaction, but it did. <laughs> it did. So, you know, Julia admonishes him for his language around Claire. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gabriel said, well, you know, we're going to have to destroy it because clearly it was contaminated. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, you know, Paul's got this rabbit fetish, and he used to call her rabbit. <laughs> uh, and Julia's laughing now. I mean, you know, right? And uh, saying yes, he did, and uh, but he doesn't anymore. And when we see him in Oxford, you don't need to worry. <laughs> and Betty said, yes, the bunny is finally here. Mm -hmm. And she said, you mean angel lover, right, Gabriel? <laughs> <laughs> and yes, when Julia notes uh, that he'll be in Oxford, Gabriel That's is right. growling. And he said, so he's going. And Julia said, yes. Um, he had said so in his card. He noted that um, he'll be at Oxford attending the event. And 
Gabriel picked up the bunny with two fingers as if he was examining the world. <laughs> A distasteful thing that he's <laughs> And... He said, well, I suppose it was addressed to you, the card and the note. And she said, actually, the card was addressed to Claire. Um, and it was time for him to move on from the past. He held, come on, Gabriel, you, you've hold, held this grudge long enough. And um, I'm looking at the chat room. Mm -hmm. And Ashley said, haha, Betty, how about Angel Rabbit? <laughs> And Ellie said, I did love that he had tolerated the bunny as Claire's favorite. <laughs> and Betty said, don't listen to your daddy, Claire. He's just jealous of your Uncle Paul. <laughs> and Black Lab ladies chuckling and sitting here enjoying a cup of tea in her angel fucker mug. Yes, that's where I had my great. coffee this morning in my angel fucker mug. Which is great. It's so funny. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That was, that was a brilliant merchandise choice. Um, it was. And so, you know, she's like, Gabriel, let's let, you know, let's, let's give this up. Let's, let's put this behind us. And Gabriel placed the bunny on Claire's chest and told Julia that he was kind to them at their last meeting. And he even shook hands with Paul when they were last together. And Julia is still reminded in that he was making Paul call him Professor Emerson. And mm -hmm. now standing straight and tall, Gabriel said, well, I am Professor Emerson. <laughs> I would love to see this scene on the screen. I think it would be mm -hmm. hilarious because she'd be needling him. Um, Betty will and never by, buy that by, mug, by, by the cup. way, she said. And yeah. Ashley said, my angel fucker mug is my water chaser mug for when I have wine. There you go. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. So, you know, Gabriel is in his pompous glory saying, I am Professor Emerson. And... Looking at Claire, his expression softened and said, since Claire has become attached to the bunny, she should keep it. And Julia just looked at him lovingly and said, see, that didn't hurt, as she kissed his cheek. And as Gabriel lifted his daughter, he gazed into her blue eyes saying, Daddy, Daddy. buy you a better bunny. <laughs> that's, of course, that's after Julia leaves the room. And mm -hmm. it's just like his little conversation with his daughter. It's okay, honey. Daddy will buy you a better bunny. And Claire laughed because she knows, in, she knows instinctively that her father is ridiculous. Uh -huh. um, and Ellie loved Betty. that mug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she uses it on the regular. And see, Betty says, right, Gabriel, I think you need a timeout. Yes. <laughs> So we asked SR a couple questions uh, about this part of the chapter. Why didn't Julia show Gabriel the bunny book and card when Paul um, sent it to them? Why did she not share that with Gabriel immediately? And will Gabriel ever let go of his grudge against Paul? Surely Gabriel isn't threatened by him, is he? And if so, why? So... Um, yeah, Ashley's saying this is so ridiculously adorable, and mm -hmm. it is. And SR said, with respect to Paul, I think Julianne doesn't want to upset Gabriel, and so she keeps things to herself. But deep down, Gabriel knows that he doesn't have anything to worry about. Paul is simply an irritant. But Gabriel also feels guilty that Paul was there to help Julianne during their separation when he was in Italy, etc. So, mm -hmm. and I can see that. I, I, I think... Gabriel will never fully 
be able to let it go because he knows Paul stepped in when he wasn't there. And I think that's very hard for Gabriel to reconcile. Um, (laughs) Betty sing, Claire, oh, daddy, you are funny, but I will never leave my bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy will buy her a better bunny, Betty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think she'll always favor that bunny. I think it's going to be funny. I'm curious if SR ends up writing a scene about that at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, like her get gravitating to the one rabbit, not the other. Um, so, and I can understand Julia not wanting to upset Gabriel, but it's also, you know, she wants Gabriel to be open with her. What happens if she, he receives something, you know, from Paulina or someone right. else from the past that she didn't show her right away. How would she feel? So, um, but it's understandable. And, you know, the, the bottom line is, as SR noted, um, Gabriel has nothing to worry about and he knows he has nothing to worry about. And he, I mean, he truly understands that. And Paul simply is just, um, an irritant to him. Yes. Because of, because of that uh, well, I, time you know, away. And, and also I, because Paul, Paul wanted her. Paul wanted to take her, and Paul felt that Gabriel didn't deserve her. Right. Um, so, yeah, as, as Ellie noted, it reflects his guilt over the separation. Mm-hmm. But he says, I still wonder, where is Julia's bunny? She received one as a wedding gift. So, and Julia knows how Gabriel feels about Paul. Better leave alone when pushing the buttons. Um, Paul definitely pushes Gabriel's buttons when Paul swoops in, which is true. Yeah, so, and, you know, I, I can, I can, so remember, what will happen in Oxford, you know, <laughs> I can remember there was a, a woman that my father dated before he met my mother and her, her name was Burr. Mm. And I remember uh, as a small, small child, whatever, my mother always teasing my father about Burr. <laughs> and there's, I, you know, this went on for a while. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can see where, you know, that could come into play with that. <laughs> I know. And, and Betty said, irritant. This is SR's word, Betty, not mine. She said, I will forgive the boss because he is the boss. But Gabriel, never. Never. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, Betty. Betty. I think it's a good word, though. I really think, you know, SR chooses his words carefully. Um, yes, he does. It it's, it's, is more of an irritant. It's not a threat. It's not... Um, it's not a challenger. You know, it's not... It's just kind of someone who is a little bit of an annoyance in terms of the relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but irritant, I think, because it does cause a little bit of pain. Um, Just a bit. Yeah, but part of it was self-inflicted. That's correct. You know, we can't always be what we want to be with life when it comes to our uh, actions in the past. I agree. So. Anyhow, so next week. Yes. 
yes. chapter 32. And uh, there, we'll I see think what... there's an, an orchard waiting. Yes. Well, I believe that's, that's happening. Um, I know chapter 32 tends to be short, but I'm thinking mm -hmm. we might want to just do 32 and then go into 33 the following week. I think, um, I think that would be smart because 33 tends to be longer and there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot to cover in that one. That's so as black lab lady also just commented, perhaps Gabriel could be more accepting of Paul. If Julia could be more upfront about any contact from him, hmm. mm -hmm. you know, that's interesting too, because it's almost like there's a side friendship going on that she doesn't talk to Gabriel about because she doesn't want him to be upset about it. But then when you're the absence of information can make your, your, you know, in the absence of information, you make your own story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, Gabriel could have some, some thoughts going through his mind that are a little more distressing. Um, even though fundamentally he knows he has nothing to worry about. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> and as Betty says, again, no, Paul, no, Paul, Paul was not at Thanksgiving in Sealands Grove. He was up with his family in Vermont, Betty, you know, and the I, drill, you know, and, uh, possibly the, um, the professor that's, uh, from Cuba, Elizabeth, yeah. that he had coffee with, maybe she stopped mm -hmm. by as well. <laughs> One never knows. Yes, this is true. And Betty said, I would keep all my Paul exchanges a secret so I can relish the emails and calls without Gabriel raining on my parade. <laughs> <laughs> well, Betty, that would be with you. Julia yes. would not do that because... Because that could hurt also, their relationship. It could, yes. Because she also is very clear with how she feels about Gabriel. She was very clear with Paul about how she felt with Gabriel. And she also, mm -hmm. I think, is sensitive that she would not want to mislead Paul in any way. Right. So I think that puts uh, Julia in a in a spot, too. You know, she has to be very mindful of her interaction with him. Um, Ellie said, Julia's made it clear to Gabriel she doesn't want to lose Paul as a friend. But Julia's also a bit blind to Paul's continuing feelings for her. Gabriel sees it clearly. Yeah, in this instance, Ellie, I totally agree. Gabriel is not oblivious in this scenario. Gabriel, Gabriel sees it. He sees it on Paul's face. He knows that Paul is pining for his wife. I mean, that is tough. And even though Gabriel mm -hmm. knows he has Julia's love, that's still a tough pill to swallow when you know there's somebody else who is, you know, just enamored of your loved one. It's tough. So, mm -hmm. um, yes, yes, yes. Um, the problem is that Gabriel knows that Paul still loves her. It's not just friends, as Brenda said. Very, very succinctly. Mm -hmm. Yes, Brenda. Agreed. Gabriel knows. And... Ashley saying Julia needs to realize Paul still loves Julia and that bothers Gabriel, who is your husband. Yeah. Right. And, and I think part of this is Julia's kind of a little bit of a wishful thinking here that she told Paul where her heart lies. She has, you know, she's married. She has a child. She is in it for the long haul with Gabriel. And I think she's just kind of turning a little bit of a blind eye, kind of 
she's I think she's willingly choosing to recognize or she's choosing to avoid acknowledging Paul still has feelings for her. And but also Paul as Betty points out, Paul knows that, you know, Julia loves Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to do anything to hurt her either. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he's very smart about it. Yeah. Um and she doesn't see it because she's always seen him as a friend, Brenda points out. And yeah, as Ashley notes, good points all around. Um, it's true. It's true. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a classic love triangle, mm-hmm. right? Um, and SR writes it really, really well. Um, yes, and with care. I think he shows great care for the characters um, as he portrays this. So... Something as innocuous and sweet as sending a gift for the baby um, kind of opens up a little bit of these uh, these challenging feelings mm-hmm. that they're dealing with. Ashley says, happy we can discuss this triangle without claws out. Yes. But I think in part it's because of the way SR wrote, wrote this. Betty notes, I will always love Paul. Gabriel's nice as a friend, but Paul is the one. And yes, and I agree, Petty. Paul is the one for you. <laughs> that's <laughs> Not right. for Julia. Um, so, yeah. yeah this, so, uh, it's been a good, a really good discussion of this chapter. Mm-hmm. It has um, And I, I want to note um, that our birthday girl um, tomorrow, Ashley, um, has her first book, uh uh, Change in Air, releasing tomorrow mm-hmm. on Kindle Vela, and she thanks us for the plug and for the birthday wishes. So just a reminder a to check birthday. that out. And I think it's wonderful to have a book birthday on your birthday. Um, that's and that's a very super special way to celebrate in 2021, Ashley. So check out Change in Air. It's on my list. I have on my list to read. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good one. And congrats and happy birthday, Ashley, um, from Back Black Lab Lady. And <laughs> yes, I beat yeah. Ashley to the punch. She was going to say that to Betty as well. Um, Betty's asking if your novel will be available on Apple Books, Ashley. So... Um, if you know that, um, put that in, if that's something you might be working on. Um, Ashley says, sadly, not Apple's having, she's having Apple issues. Mm. So check it out on the, on the Kindle Vela. Uh, Kindle, Uh, just, uh, Betty, Kindle's a, a free download if you, if you, and uh, you can always go through there to get the book. I'm sure. So, anyway. Anyway, so this will be cool. Thanks for hanging on a little longer than our normal hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had some really good discussion. Um, and I, 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 love to, I love talking about this book. And I love sharing our discussions with you guys. So, thanks for um, logging on and being part of the chat, part of the discussion. I'm going to lead us out with a little Derek and the Dominoes this morning with Layla. 
one of my favorite Lovely. songs when it first came out. And uh, everybody have a great weekend and have a happy birthday, Ashley. Enjoy.